It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Shelley Wilson Show. I'm an intuitive medium, a Reiki master, and a spiritual growth coach. My mission is to assist others on their own journey into consciousness and encourage them to live an authentic life through awareness and empowerment. Coming from a place of respect, truth, integrity, and love, I honor your free will and recognize that you are co-creating your reality with the universe. My intention is to bring understanding, help you to heal from the past, and realize your full potential. I invite you to begin your life in a new way and tap into your inner power as you explore who you really are. Refrain from simply existing and elect to live your life fully without regret. It is time to let go of the past, live in the present, and look to the future, for it is this attitude that will transform you. Today's special guest is Kyle Cease. Kyle is an inspirational speaker who transforms audiences through his unique blend of comedy and motivation. Following his successful Comedy Central Hour special, Weirder, Blacker, Dimpler, and a number one ranking on the network's stand-up showdown, Kyle began speaking at colleges, summits, and Fortune 500 conferences about his use of comedy to overcome life's obstacles. His Evolving Out Loud two-day events are intended to pull you out of your fears and into a world of creativity. To learn more about Kyle Cease, please visit his website at kylecease.com. That's K-Y-L-E-C-E-A-S-E.com. And his Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Kyle Cease page. I'm delighted to welcome Kyle to the show today. Hello. Hello. I just... I just pictured when you said to learn more about Kyle C, go to the website, everyone just leaves here. And you, you should also say, or just keep, just stay here. If you want to keep learning about Kyle C, just stay listening to this also. Because there's more. That'd be like me going, uh, hey, i got to tell you the story. But if you want to hear the rest of it, go to the library. But here's the story. And then they're like leaving, going to the library. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to still tell you the story. You're going to hear all of it here, too. So <laughs> exactly. I love I getting this amazing intro from you. I want to have that everywhere. Like, I have a okay. date tomorrow night. and you. <laughs> I so can absolutely do start. that for you. Yeah. I can do a voiceover or just show up. Yeah. <laughs> this walking cheesecake factory. When you see a cute woman there, just go, okay, let me tell you about Kyle Steve. He was the number one Comedy Central <laughs> comic, but you have Fortune 500 conferences. And then you go... But if you want to learn more about Kyle Steve, you can leave. Or just wait a minute because he's in the bathroom. 
Yeah, right. absolutely. So I will tell you, and I will tell the listeners, uh, first of all, I had the pleasure of being in your presence, watching your presentations, if that's what is the proper word, I'm not really sure, at Sedona World Wisdom's Days back in January. You were one of the speakers there, and I have to say it was just a fantastic, uplifting, transformational weekend, and your you being you, Kyle, just, you know, I, I was laughing my ass off the whole time, just to put it bluntly. And and it's all I can do in this moment now to contain myself so that the listeners don't have my laughing overshadowing what you're saying. So I'm looking forward to no this conscious. Okay. <laughs> so I'm looking forward absolutely to this conscious conversation. You know, I'm following you on Facebook. I love how you think outside of the box and you encourage other people to step into their power, to let go of, you know, their stories. I, I read your post from yesterday that so many people get caught up in their stories rather than just living life and, and being joyful. And, you know, we all have crap, but the thing is, is do we want to dwell in it or do we want to lighten up and laugh? Right. It's uh, it's weird. I think that most people, um, they think that they aren't that powerful and they take themselves too seriously when the truth is you're this infinite thing and you totally should stop taking yourself so seriously at the same time. Like, it's, there's, there's no reason to make a huge deal out of it because you're this infinite, unlimited thing. And every time we act like it's just amazing what we are, like, in other words, like, when we go, I manifested this the other day. I can't believe it. We're saying, I didn't really believe this. <laughs> like, I didn't actually believe I had this power. And um, you're so far beyond that, it's unbelievable. And and uh, we don't need to get so, I don't know, we, we just need to know that we're that thing. And, and people get caught up in the movie and the story of their life. and uh-huh. They think. They are their past, and they bring this past in. So if you you have the story in your past that you're someone who's worth fifty thousand a year, just to give a, a numeric example, like you won't ever ever feel worthy of accepting ten million a year at all, even though we're all the same thing. Right. Um, you're going to limit yourself immediately. You'll see yourself as something outside of you completes you. You know, and um, that's the big illusion I think people are under is this thing completes me. And if you say this thing completes me, you're saying I'm incomplete without that thing. And uh, you immediately put yourself in last the second you really want. I, I just came up with about 25 thoughts at once, but that's how we start. <laughs> that's great. And, and, you know, the thing is, spirit always gives me chills, or as people call them, God bumps. They have so many terms for it when it's truth. And, you know, the thing is, is when we do get caught up in that story, a lot of people tend to, you know, take up homestead and reside there. And in reality, let's acknowledge it. Let's move forward. And, you know, that's a lot of what you're teaching people, too, with your workshops is to get out of their head, get out of fear, get back into the heart. And I know both of us had the opportunity to see the movie The Power of the Heart. So giving a shout-out to Baptiste Pap who was a guest on a few weeks ago, and what an amazing transformational movie that was. Yes, it was. It was very exciting to see a movie that explains that with kind of tangible proof. I'm, I'm You know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in a lot of um, different invisible things, and the reason is because they feel that they need proof of it. And I try to speak from a place 
that has evidence behind every single thing that I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't just say universe blindly or, you know, vortex or these words without actually having experienced some type of evidence and then bringing that experience into people's lives. And one thing I loved about Power of the Heart was it's a movie that completely is, is proving tangible ways that the moment or the heart or the now or that your unconditional love is where you'll access all of your abilities. You can't do it in the past and future. It's a, it's a fleeting place. So it's, it's very cool. And and one way to do that is to to play. You know, when we were a kid, all we did was play and enjoy our lives. And we weren't caring who wrote on our Facebook wall or what our ex was doing or anything. You just did what you loved to do. And you weren't, you weren't doing it for results, too, right? You weren't, like, right. pretending you were a DJ and picturing how many views did your video get. You just were singing and pre-playing. And that's what we're here to do. We're an apple tree and we're here to make apples. We're not here to figure out how many people picked the apples or who got the apples or how many we sold. That's leaving what we're here to do. Yes. Or what their apple looks like or how big it is or how small it is or so on and so forth, right? Right. And and, and an apple tree that doesn't give its gift would have to become addicted to things because really picture an apple tree put on this planet and it's not giving its gift, it would immediately have to get sick because it's not evolving, it's not sprouting its stuff out, and it's, it's trying to get everyone else's apples because it thinks that it's in lack when it doesn't understand that it makes these things all day. And, um, you know, I, I really less and less have an attachment to how many I sold or what people think about it, and I don't prepare my box anymore or anything. I just go and I start and I allow... Mm-hmm thing to come through yeah. and um that and people go oh i wish i could do that and what they don't realize is that's how you are all day you go to a restaurant and talk <laughs> to your friend for two hours you know and you don't sit here and plan it and the reason you don't plan it is because you're not trying to get anything from the person the only yeah. reason we get nervous when we go on stage or to a job interview we're nervous because we're thinking who we are is what those people think about us in other words who, like the quote from adaptation that I live by is, you are what you love, not what loves you. And if you're in a place of thinking, I got to get this right, then who you are is what those people will think about you. Exactly. And you are a victim. You're a victim to what they think about you. So, but if you just are the apple tree, you're not thinking who's going to take the apples. Will I be incomplete if people don't take it? You're just making the apples. And that's what we all are, these creative beings that have been taught that we're consumers. Exactly right. And, and you know, you gave a great analogy there because, you know, even for myself doing this show, I don't plan it. I mean, I ground my energy right before I go on, but and I know who my guest is going to be, but I never know exactly what we're going to talk about. And I think the more that people are just in the flow and spontaneous, and I teach my workshops the same way. I may have a topic but I just, you know, get up there, open my heart, and just see whatever flows through. And I think a lot of people are afraid to just allow themselves to be in that inspirational place because for some it can be very vulnerable. Right. But it's only vulnerable because you're under the illusion that you're incomplete if it doesn't go well. In other words... Exactly right. The second you understand that you're just this moment... uh, all you are is vulnerability. You're just
just this moment, your freedom. You're you're not a victim to what they think about you. And so when you said to flow like that, that's how I am too. And and I do events where I'll speak sometimes for three straight days. And I just <laughs> that's start. a long time. Yes. Yeah, and I'll do I'll do eight to ten hours a day. And people go, How do you do that? And what they don't understand is the first hour I kinda I kinda start to Basically, whenever we do anything, whenever we write or create or anything, we start sometimes from a consumer mindset, meaning you wake up in the morning, you go on Facebook immediately to see who likes you, and you find out about the party that you weren't invited to, and you you create all this lack in yourself. You immediately think, I need to go get a coffee or a donut, and I wonder what my ex is doing. And you create immediately this illusion with yourself that you're not complete. You need something outside of you to complete you. And whenever I start my events, of course, I've been working in this world where CNN scares the crap out of you by playing the 1% of bad stories, and then they run Prozac commercials, which is brilliant. Uh (laughs) We wouldn't buy that stuff. You can't get us to buy crap unless you make us feel like crap first. Right. And so... You spend all day under the illusion that you're in lack and you have somewhere else to get to, that you have to fix it. Even getting into the moment becomes a job, <laughs> that you are the moment and you can't get into it. You, you are the moment. And so when I start my events or we start creating anything, a lot of us is coming from a consumer-based mindset. So the first 10 minutes of meditating or writing your book or whatever very few of your mind is the creative part of you, and like 90% of your mind is the monitor checking to see how you're doing part of you, the consumer mindset part of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when I do my events, like obviously when you start, there's a part of you going, I hope this goes well and blah, 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 and and it gets in the way of your flow and your channeling and your allowing. But as time goes on, it gets better and better and better, and eventually I'm just totally out of the way of myself, and what I need to say just comes through. And that's how we are at restaurants and at our friend's house and everywhere. And uh, it's not some bizarre special thing. It's what we all usually are or have. And um, so when I do an event, I speak for two or three days straight. And uh, by, you know the middle of day one, it starts to get more and more magic. By day three, you're completely out of the way. And the most magical flow is just going through. So basically what I'm saying is if you want to do anything, show up and stay in the room. Uh Don't leave. The first first half an hour is going to convince you that what you're doing is not right. You'll meditate for 10 minutes and it's just going to be this chaos. And that's because you're trying to get somewhere the whole time. But as you get a couple hours in, you end up realizing you are just this moment and all those trying to get things were just voices that aren't who you are. And they start to leave once you decide. Makes total sense. And and just bringing back to Sedona, um, when you came out there and having issues with the microphone because you preferred the one on the hand and you had one taped to your ear, that was the funniest thing ever. And, you know, I just, it was just, 
you know, I'm, I'm going back to that moment, and the, and the whole issue was, you know, they taped it to your cheek, and, and you were dealing with it, and then the guy came because you flipped it over. It was over your shoulder, and I guess it didn't look right on camera, so he flipped it behind you. But, um, you know, it's just those small moments that, you know, we can find humor, but people sometimes take it so serious. Right. Well, when I when I do my shows, like what what you were talking about was a moment where, I went on stage and we realized they had the wrong mic on me and they, and it wasn't working. I can't remember even what happened. But what's so funny is that would only be a problem if I had expectations of how the show was supposed to go. And right. I thought who I was and I thought who I was is what people think about me. And I assume that I have to make everything perfect so that people will like me. But what happened to a lot of people would have been a problem. To me, it's just what we go with. Right. Like the new situation, the new situation might be that you have a heckler or a phone is ringing in the audience or whatever, and immediately that becomes part of the show. Right. That becomes <laughs> what you go with, and that's life to me. Like if I don't have a goal, but instead I have intention, that's very different. If my intention today is just play right now, have fun, just be, then all the things will just show up the way they're supposed to. But if something just shows up that's out of alignment with my expectations in the morning, and I said, today I have to do this and this and this and this and this, and now if a guy cuts me off or I hit the wrong red light, I'm in resistance because something isn't going the way I had decided earlier in the day before I had more information that it was supposed to go. So we're crazy because we decide how everything's going to go from a very small place. Like, we think when we don't get the job interview right, that it's bad, but it totally sets you up for 10 billion other career opportunities or, exactly. you know. And, and so we're focused on trying to make things work from a, a small list of rules we've created for the day, and that's insanity to me. I'm sorry I'm not funnier. I'll, I'm sure funnier will happen eventually. <laughs> Maybe they should go. You know, what what I'm thinking in this moment, what's coming to me is I know, just as I, you were not always this way. You know, you had your wake up, your enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, so many people are functioning on their five senses for so long, and then all of a sudden they tap in and realize there's more to life than just existing, and there's more to life than the way we thought there was. And then we begin, you know, really tapping into that intuition, that mindfulness, that being in that present moment, you know, letting go of the past and all of that. So, Kyle, what got you to where you are in this moment? Well, I'll tell you about a very, very profound few experiences that um, that really, and I, and I I think I can explain this in a way that actually makes sense to everybody. A lot of times people say stuff and they go, and that's when I knew, and there's still a vague thing, but I kind of want to walk you through what actually happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing was I had learned, first of all, how to be a stand-up comedian before I learned how to be a person. Um Stand-up comedy has been in my family. My uncle was the prop man for Gallagher. My grandma was the famous puppeteer who was on the Carol Burnett show and um, all kinds of different other things. And when I was 12, I started working clubs. And comedy was this amazing tool that I had to get love and affection from people. And um, we all have a thing that we use to get love and affection from people. It might be our body. It might be our achievements. It might be our bank account. And we often think who we are 
get this accomplishment, who I am as this person's son, who I am as this person's spouse or whatever. Now, if you think who that's who you are, you're a victim to it all the time. It better go well because that's your way of getting love. Mm-hmm. So comedy was the place I could go to and totally run the room and go on dates and get affection and people liked me. And the second I booked a few movies, everyone liked me a lot more. So I was able to hide behind that. And when I got to a real intimate relationship with a girlfriend, I had no clue who I was beyond the comedy. So uh, they would fall apart. And, and I think a lot of comics do that. Um, and so in my 20s, I ended up touring like crazy. And um, I did more colleges than any comic in history. I've done over 850 colleges. And wow. Just, uh, lived on the road touring. Um, and uh, I had this crazy career going. And at one point, I did 68 colleges in a row without really a day off. And every single day, I had to get on two or three flights a day to get college. So I never slept. I never slept. And because who I am is my comedy career, I'm going to do everything I can to get to the gig. I'll sacrifice Mm -hmm. my health. I'll sacrifice my sleep. I'll do whatever because I get a lot of love that night once I get on that stage. And um, so at one point, my entire career in 2005 – got a big stress because I started thinking sabotaging thoughts and um, I started thinking, I wonder if I think about it enough if I could make myself faint when I'm on stage. And this shame snowballed into the most anxiety that spent every waking moment worried that I would faint when I was on stage and it would ruin my career. And if I think who I am is my career, then it would ruin me. So this became a huge anxiety where my thoughts started basically running away from me and um, all I could do was just you know numb it I would drink I would do whatever I could but I just had an anxiety that my career was about to be ruined which meant I was about to be ruined and I went from a victim to an achiever state the second I learned things like the secret and Tony Robbins on how to change my focus now this isn't where I am now at all but mm-hmm. it's the next step, usually most people are in a victim state. And a victim likes to think, you know, how do I get that thing back? How do I get the money? How do I get the girl? So a lot of achiever seminars and things like the movie The Secret say to you questions like, do you want a million dollars? Do you want the car? At that stage, you don't care about being involved. You care about getting your career back. That's all you want to learn. So you learn how to change your thinking. So I went from suicidal anxiety to number one Comedy Central special in three months just by picturing instead of I'm going to faint when I'm on stage, instead thinking I'm going to have the number one Comedy Central special. And then I did. In in three months, I got out of a bad relationship, bought a house, made almost a million dollars, lost 80 pounds, and had the number one Comedy Central special in 2006. Wow. So, But here's the funny thing about that. We learn that we're not our circumstances, and people are often victims to their circumstances. They're actually stressing if their football team loses or if Justin Bieber does something weird or if, you know, these are just circumstances. But think about how we wake up every morning and we hear that someone wrote on our wall and we, if they're saying something mean, we actually give ourselves an ulcer 
based on nothing. We're not in actual danger. It's just thoughts that are attacking us right now. So you're not your circumstances. And if you do what I just did, you learn how to change your circumstances. So you're still a victim to them. Does that make sense? You're still a victim Absolutely. to your circumstances. You should learn how to change your circumstances. So you're still a control freak at this stage. <laughs> like, you're still, you're still controlling your circumstances. And I think we know of a lot of people that have achieved massively and are still not happy. That are that are people that, that, you know, can build building after building, be number one in the business world, whatever, and they're still not happy. And the reason is because they're still controlling everything. And um, at one point after I had the number one Comedy Central special, I started, um, I started asking myself, uh, okay, how much more can I use this? And I started having number one all kinds of stuff and just knocking it out of the park. But, and, and at one point I started coaching comedians. I started teaching them and the comedian Louie Anderson partnered with me and we started coaching comics. And I would hear through the grapevine that comedians were still talking crap about me saying, you know, if you're this, <laughs> if you're this positive person in our world, you're in a cult immediately. So when I started teaching aspiring comics, like how to get in the moment, I started getting accused of being in a cult by all these other comics mm. that weren't going in, and it was killing me. And so I just said to Louie, I said, I want to get over what people think about me. I don't know what it is, but I have this thing about me that, that really cares what people think about me. And right after I said that to him, I went to my hotel room, and a very dark comic had written a blog about me painting this picture as if I was a total scam artist and I was haunting people and I was in a crazy cult and that everyone needs to stay away from me. And right after he wrote this blog, it went viral. Like thousands and thousands of comics uh, were reposting it, thinking that I went crazy. Now, here was the really crazy thing. Uh, I just said I want to get over what people think about me. And now I have to look it in the eye where 50,000 comics are reposting that I've gone insane. And usually I could control my circumstances, but this is something beyond my control. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so I decided to call down to the car that was going to take me to the airport, and I told them to go without me. And I decided to sit in the hotel room for six days and feel this emotional, crazy roller coaster. And for the first four days, all I knew how to do was achieve my way out of it. So for four days, I would just keep saying, okay, I have the number one Comedy Central special. I can picture having another number one and proving it to them, whatever. And my mind was chaotic. It was just stressing and screaming and doing everything it could to fight 50,000 people. And on day four, I had... My thoughts were like an overworked warehouse. Like, what if we did this? What if we did this? And it was just chaos. And I realized I was just sitting in a hotel room looking at my thoughts. And um, I immediately discovered I was not my thoughts. I was the guy looking at the thoughts. Mm-hmm. I had been safe in a hotel room. I had been totally safe in a hotel room for four days and totally giving myself an ulcer and fighting myself. <laughs> Crazy. Like, we're doing this all the time. We're thinking about our past, and we're re-stressing, and we're thinking about our future, and we're re-stressing. And here I am looking at my thoughts, and they're, they're, they're this chaotic tornado, but I'm the sky. 
so the second I identified that I wasn't the thoughts, rather I was the space that these thoughts were showing up in, my entire history, my entire past story, everything collapsed in front of me. And I just became a dude sitting on a bed. <laughs> and for five hours, I felt nothing freedom and was completely freed of these thoughts. And I went to sleep that night. I slept for about one hour. And then the next day, the sun just went up and down. There was no... I forgot to eat. I forgot to see that day. I just was total bliss in the moment, connected to basically aware that these thoughts were alive. And I was freed. And then on day six, I flew home. And I tried to get my DVD player to play a movie, and it wouldn't play like seven different movies. And finally, the movie adaptation played, and there's a scene where Nicolas Cage says to his brother, he said, in high school, there's a girl you really like, and she was saying bad things about you, and you didn't care. Why is that? And the brother said, um, the brother said, because whatever she says about me, she can't take away from me how much I love her. And then he said, you are what you love, not what loves you. And... I realized that all the stress I'd been creating before was me being what these people thought of me. And so I now don't believe in motivation. I don't believe in making it happen. I believe much more that we're helium balloons always trying to go up, but the helium balloons are caught on things like what people think about you and what CNN said and what, you know, your belief system is about yourself. And if you just keep cutting the string and letting go of all these things that you're not, like letting go of a job that doesn't fulfill you and not staying in it because, you you know, most people, they stay in a job because they think, well, then I, I won't make money if I leave it. You don't know how much money you're losing by staying in a job that you don't like. And we don't let go of things because you can always measure what you will lose, but you can never see what you'll gain. Right. And uh, that's the shift that I went through. And life has just become more letting go of everything that's heavy and moving towards everything that feels exciting and light. Amazing. And, and, you know, I'm listening to you talk this whole time. And first of all, you know, Kyle, it takes a lot of courage to share that story because a lot of people just wouldn't be able to do that at this point. So we recognize how important it is to recognize those events that lead up to um, those challenging events, shall we say, that lead up to you know, really opening the door for us energetically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of the above, so that we can have that fulfilled life. And the thing is, by you doing that, sharing, you know, making it a mindful practice, because what has happened is is now you're um, in that area of mindfulness. That Thich Nhat Hanh, a wonderful Zen teacher, is is encouraging us, and that's what he practices, so that we are all in this moment of allowance rather than resistance. Right. Yeah, I was, last night I was talking about, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw my response to the, the guy, but I last night was writing about how we need to understand that our mind is playing a movie. Uh-huh. And um, then this guy said to me, well, if your past isn't real, why don't you get rid of it? Yeah, why I saw that. Your <laughs> Facebook history. And what's so funny is there's, so many different stages about this because once I identified this, I had to do the work and actually leave it and in a way delete a lot of my past. I mm-hmm. quit doing stand up for four years and really learned who I was more. 
But eventually, you start to learn that all these ideas of your past and your stories are just still thoughts that you're creating. And right. I don't want to, I don't need to change it or fix it anymore. Um, in fact, I need to now embrace all parts of myself. But exactly. at one point, Keanu Reeves' character in The Matrix had to discover that he was in The Matrix and then leave it and go to this new, very vulnerable, scary place. Once he's outside of The Matrix, he doesn't need to worry about it anymore. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need to be in mm-hmm. resistance that it's, it's something he's creating in the first place. And you know what I think is those people that pop up, just as this individual did commenting, you know, they they are triggers for us. But the thing is, is it's up to us how we choose to react or respond. So I, I view this as, you know, the spiritual broadcasting system, just giving us a little test to see how are we going to respond, if we're going to respond at all, to those people, places, and things that are going to have their own perception anyway. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, and and you're right, they are gifts, because the response I gave to him was what I needed to hear. I mean, we only give advice to people that we need to hear. Exactly. And <laughs> it's so funny, because you'll give people advice that doesn't even apply to them. They'll be like, I have a stomachache, and you'll be like, I think you should break up with her. And they'll say, I'm single, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and always what I'm doing is just, saying to myself what the next thing is and what's so funny was my response to him was oh yeah like I don't even need to leave the movie I need to embrace it now like I'm I'm playing the movie I'm the movie theater Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and, uh, you know but at first you have to identify that it's a movie and spend some time getting away from it at first so you it's like a chick breaking through a shell you know, sometimes we hear transformation and we use it as an excuse to stay the same. It's almost like if a chick was inside of a shell and learned everything's okay, it's okay to be in your shell, or, you know, it's okay to be the moment, they use the moment just enough to not break out of the shell. But eventually once you're out of the shell, you're not a slave to it anymore. And so exactly. it's, it's stages. I don't know if that makes sense. But. No, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm following you. And yeah. and the thing is, is, you know, there's a saying that, you know, if someone else were to crack the shell, um, you know, that chick couldn't survive. So that's why we have to go through that process. And even going back to Sedona World Wisdom Days once again and NDRE's concert that Sunday night, she kept repeating those same words over and over again, another shell to break, another flight to take. And, and so we know that, you know, there's going to be things in our life, but to me, in order to shift and grow and evolve, we have to have those moments where we feel like we're cracking and it's like, okay, what is really happening here? What am I feeling? Why am I responding? What is being reflected back to me? And is this really me that I'm feeling or am I feeling what someone else is feeling? Right. Absolutely. Did you follow me? Did you follow me? <laughs> Absolutely. Ironically, while you said that, how's this for fun? I'm talking to India's manager right now, and she texted me a question while you were talking about India Ari. So India Ari's manager just now brought in a question, and so I was very. Are, are you messing with me, or that India is that was, truly is that truly you're telling the the truth? I swear to God, I'm I'm talking to Anasa right now, her manager, about another thing, and so she texted me a question while you brought up India Ari. Right, there and, you go. And while I, we're talking about breaking the shell, which is an India song, and I'm, yeah. and I'm 
Well, that's there's synchronicity. Though, yeah, synchronicity, spirit, yeah. Um, consciousness is saying, okay, we are all connected, and here's proof. Right. Right. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> synchronicity or, or coincidence, whatever you want to call it, is proving it 24 hours a day. Like oh, when of you course. Say this, it, when you say this stuff is BS, it goes, okay, I'll prove it. You're going to find no coincidences today. You're going to create BS in your life. You will find life is really hard. You will overlook every opportunity that's walking by you in that moment. You will you will not see the uh, million-dollar careers that are sitting next to you on the plane because you've said this is BS. You will look straight down, and you will distract yourself with this crossword puzzle, and you will find no opportunities for possibility because that's what your ego has said it wants uh-huh. to prove so you will synchronistically like people always say i'm gonna law of attraction that <laughs> dude you are every second every single thing is a mirror of what you're being that you always are so it's, it's funny when we think of it like right now i'm going to activate my secret powers <laughs> law of attraction powers no, you're you. And Wayne Dyer says so beautifully. You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. What you are, exactly, you know, exactly. And you know, this is. Can, yeah, they have to learn that everything is energy. Yeah, like I was saying the other day at my event, people pleasers can only attract takers, yeah. right? Like, if you're a people pleaser and you're with someone who's in full alignment of their souls, they'll see right through you. And they'll see that you think that they complete you, so they will subconsciously let go of you. But you will find total harmony and alignment with someone who will absolutely take advantage of your people pleasing you. So you attract what you are. And mm-hmm. if you see yourself as only worth 20000 a year, you'll, you won't create an alignment that's worth $10 million a year or a billion a year or you, you won't be in gifts for the universe. You'll be in a place of lack and fear. And um, people only attract. And the more you meditate and allow yourself to be in the moment, the more you'll get that you are this moment. If you think that you're your past, you'll put limitations on what you're capable of, and you will attract proof of that over and over and over again. And it doesn't even have to be in a magical, airy-fairy way. You can see that even if you're an atheist, that if you're someone who is on a date with someone and you totally act like you need them, they will let go of you immediately. (laughs) Exactly. You know, if if you've ever been on a date with someone that totally is obsessed with you, you can't wait to let go of them because you just feel that they aren't in alignment with their self. The most profitable thing in all areas you can do is to be connected mostly to yourself. Everyone wants to work with that person. Everyone wants to watch that person perform. Everyone wants to date that person. If you connect with yourself in this moment, you will be someone that everyone wants to be. The only thing we're selling in the world is our connection to the moment. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go on it forever. But. <laughs> well, I, I know, um, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, and I'm sure that at first, you know, we didn't know where we were going to go, but we, we've covered a lot of serious topics here. And, you know, the thing is, of course, is, once again, we can use the laughter, the lightness, and everything to bring through those topics. But I think at times, too, we just have to be very real and, you know, share this is who we are, this is what we're feeling, this is what I've experienced, and let me help you on your journey as well. 
Sure. And, well, you know, and it's a crazy, crazy paradox for me because comedy, the comedy world has primarily been people who are very about being authentic and truthful, but they're very cynical. And the transformation world has often been people who are very positive and optimistic, but they're missing a lot of the authenticity a lot of times. Exactly. In other words, there's a, there's a lot of people in the transformation world that'll say universe all day, but they don't believe in it in their soul. Because if right. they did, they would take the necessary leaps and move towards what they wanted. And there's people in a lot of big, fake smile denial that say everything's perfect when deep down they don't believe it is. The comics would root right through that authenticity and call out all the BS. But usually comics don't call out the BS in themselves or their own doubts or their own beliefs also. So what I'm kind of a man without a home sometimes where the, the comedy world is so cynical but also totally truth-based. And the transformational is so... And then the in-between those two worlds, if you're totally truth-based, authentic, and you are nothing but optimistic, your truth is that you're infinite, you become the Steve Jobs and the Oprahs of the world. And and that's what you actually are in the first place, that unlimited creative thing, that's a child, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I find, I find we need a balance between lazy and crazy. We need to balance between <laughs> thinking that I, I just am looking for a world of people that don't believe nothing's possible, but also that you don't have to stop shaving your armpits and change your name to Rainbow Mock and Sunshine. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have like, a balance for sure. Right. It's just that's what you are. You, like a lot of people change the story and they just put a lot of beads on their coat and tell you they're the person that that they're, who they are is someone who now goes to Cafe Gratitude and Agape all day. That's great. You should. But still, do you understand what you actually are, and do you move and act like it? Do you embody that thing? Or do you just say you're totally universal and then do nothing of what you truly want to do because you think it'll cost too much money because you don't trust that you're taken care of if you leave? Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah, and so, this so is my I, least funny interview I've ever done. <laughs> the least is that good or bad? Ever. Is that good or bad? Do you want to oh, attach I, a label to I, it? I, no, no. I, I, well, you're labeling it with a good or bad thing. <laughs> you said, said you want to attach a label, I'm, yeah. No, you I, said I, before we started, I am so excited to laugh, and I'm like, and now I'm 30 minutes in going, I am so sorry. <laughs> you <laughs> to laugh no, it's um, you know, the thing, hilarious. Everyone listening, you should look at my website. <laughs> well, I, I actually have your website pulled up in front of me, and, and and what I want to mention is you have a lot of live events. You're doing a lot of your evolving out loud live tours, yeah. which is where you, as you indicated initially, offer and you talk for two to three days, and you know this is a time for people to really get out of their heads. And yeah, so you're all we do over. these incredible events that are that are crazy because they're all about the moment, and the moment is so powerful not only in transformational world but in the funny world. It's you know what we look up on YouTube, right? It's the only thing we look for. People don't understand how much trying to make their businesses good is killing their business, and yeah. people don't understand how much trying to pay for the right advertising or the biggest budget and making the best videos. What we look up now on YouTube are the most 
realistic, grainy videos of true spontaneous moments. And you don't even look up a comic scripted material as much as you look up a heckler or just moments of people, you know, uh, falling down or just comedic real moments are what make us laugh and happy. And so my mm-hmm. event is just really an immersion in the moment. Um, and it becomes really crazy. I mean, it really does. We, I have a piano there and when people have breakthroughs, sometimes they'll start crying and talking into the microphone about what they realize. And I'll go over to the piano and I'll start playing it slowly, which is really bizarre <laughs> because I'm the one who has their breakthrough, but now I'm scoring their breakthrough. Music. So you're both crying and you're both crying and laughing while I'm sitting here playing the song like, aren't I great, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. The crazy thing. And for the listeners, you can visit kylecease.com and click on the live events, and he has a trailer that you can watch, a video trailer, um, so you can learn more about um, the possibility of what this event will hold. But as we indicated, each one is organic and individual, based on your inspiration in that moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And we often have other comics and big speakers join, too. The one that has the video that they can see at Dick Gregory speaking in it. And um, I don't know, we've had so many people, Marianne Williamson, and, and uh, we're, you know, we're talking to some really huge household name people about doing our future ones. But it really is a magical, crazy immersion. And by day three, every person is out of their head and into their heart. Every person is out of the story that they're, that they have stage fright or who they are is what their mom said about them. Those are all thoughts and you start to really get empowered and connect into the moment. And um, Shelly, you have to come. It sounds amazing. Absolutely. I know that's how Jerry and Glenn discovered you, they attended one of your events, and then brought you to World Wisdom Day so that we could all experience you. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was so funny then. Oh, my God. Just then, I was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it it was definitely a a good weekend. Do you want to play some of my stand-up just so they know I'm a comic? Sure. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I don't have them prompted, so you're going to have to do it live. It would be so funny if the interview was just me telling you, no, play this clip. Play this one. Play this Um, one. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because one of the things I talk about all the time is that um, I really love comedy club audiences and people at those events because they're the only people that go out out of their way to find and schedule fun, right? People don't schedule fun anymore, and I'm starting to realize you can make anything Like, I'm going to make my death fun because we're all going to die. Why not have fun with it? Why do we worry all the way up until the death? And we're like, you guys, I'm going to die. And then we die and we're like, see, I told you I'd die. And they're like, how are you talking to me? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have everyone gathered around my coffin. And I want to do the flatline thing. It's kind of, yes, we can't hear our own flatline. It's the most pivotal sound of your entire life. And it goes up the second you can't hear it. So I'm going to try and outlive mine just a little bit. Someone is like, oh, so that you can hear oh, it. I hold on. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, be like, oh yeah, I heard it. That'll be my last word. But in the last 10 seconds, this is so clever. I'm going to get my body into a very nice, tight, entangled, like a yoga pretzel position. 
just like a really stiff knot. Because I know that your body gets stiff when you diet, and I want to make it very hard for my family to unscramble me, uh-huh. which will be like the most fun last 10 seconds because I'll be getting in the position like, goodbye, Mother, Mom, and Brother Kevin. I'm from Little House on the Prairie. And they'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, I always die like this. It's okay. And then weird open casket with my legs draped over the side because they can't close it. I'm going to have just spandex on so that you have to see that. And I'm going to be holding my eye open so that I'm forcibly staring at you, staring back at my spandex. With you. And you won't know. Isn't that clever? And you won't know that I that's can totally You'll see it. Totally see yeah. it, yes. So and have you been practicing that? So, you know, you'll be prepared for when that happens? Every Thursday I have coffin <laughs> foldy Thursdays. And at 2 to 4 o'clock I, I get in a different coffin every week because I don't know what size I'll be when I die. And I, and I just get in it, and I found a really great coffin that they can't close. Um, and uh, that's what I want. I wanted to make it really hard for them to close it so that they'll have paid for my funeral and realize it might be smarter to cremate me. Mm-hmm. But I will have somebody in a position that's so big they can't even get me into the cremation station. Yeah, I so think really, you definitely need a glass coffin. Make sure you try one of those out, a glass one. I tried it, and uh, it was too much. I was getting cut up, and I realized I shouldn't have a broken one. So exactly. We had to, yeah, we had to get another one, um, but it's just a tube now. But it's a clever strategy, you know, so I'm excited about it. It is. I, I think that, um, you know, maybe you could even teach a class on that, Kyle, and prepare more people in the event that that's something they want to do as well. Well, that's day two of my event, is we all get into coffins <laughs> in a fun way. Okay. So I'm really excited about it. So make sure you come today, too, if you come to any of them. Okay. Yes, that sounds awesome. So we're putting oh. together an event. Uh, we're putting together one for this summer that's going to be, it looks like it's going to be at the Stavon 2,000-seat theater in L.A. Wow. And wow. Um, I'm crazy, crazy excited about it. And uh, obviously, once we get the dates, I'll tell you about it. And we'd love yeah. to do more of this and have you come out because it's going to yeah. be incredible. No, it sounds absolutely amazing. And, and you know, from just being in a collective space together and the frequency, the vibration, the laughter, everything else, because people, from my perception, come together anyway. They have a divine appointment, just like everyone that chose to attend Sedona World Wisdom Days, whether they were conscious of it or not, they had a divine appointment to be there at that time. And even... Um, Norman Lear made that statement Friday night. He said, you know, I've lived all of my life to be here in this moment with you, and you've lived all of this life to be in this moment here with me. Yeah, yeah, I love that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's true, I saw him say that. And it is weird when we realize, like, what what he said was this whole world is for us, not, you know, like, it is. It's just like we're walking around with this giant theater strapped to us and we can exactly. do whatever we want. Sometimes I like to think to myself, you know when you realize you're dreaming in the middle of a dream and all of a sudden it's just like all rules are off. Where where'd she go? Okay, I want <laughs> I want ice cream now. Like just you could do anything. You realize you're dreaming. Exactly. So, sometimes I like to think to myself, if I realized I was dreaming right now, what would I do? And and uh it's always something positive. You know, sometimes people always come up with, well, what if you want to murder somebody? But (laughs) when you actually access your total freedom, you never want to do anything that harms people. The only time people want to do that is because 
when what they want to do and what they think they have to do are in conflict with each other. That's exactly. when they get into a repression state and feel like they're in a cage and they lash out. But if you ask yourself on your highest level what you want to do, it's always a very positive thing that's in favor and you're in service to the universe when you do that. And mm-hmm. um, so if you think to yourself, if you were dreaming right now, anyone listening goes, if I was dreaming right now, what would I do? And the answer is quit your job. You might want to think about it because maybe that's a calling that there's something in you to do something bigger. And if you stay in that dream state, you'll find it within seconds. Right. You know? That's great yeah. advice. Great advice. And with that being said, Kyle, what advice do you have for the listeners to assist them in getting out of the heads? If you could sum it up in a few topics, let's say five topics, and that way you've got all five fingers sure. you can check off, and, and things to help people, you know, get out of their head. And it can be a simple word, you know, because I'm, I'm having all this stuff coming to me, but, but please, what would you say? So the first thing I, I would say is if someone is like, okay, it, I guess it really, it doesn't depend on their situation, but it does because there's a part of me that says like when you have these situations in your life that are bombarding you and you're in your head and you're feeling stressed, the first thing that I like to do now is become okay with that I'm stressing. In other words, like it's not that you're stressing that's bothering you. It's your resistance to the idea that you're stressing. You're saying that you shouldn't be right now. But if you realize, like, a lot of people, they feel like they're, they're really tired. They go, oh, I got four hours of sleep last night. I'm exhausted. Well, is the problem that you're tired or the problem that you did, that you think that you should have had eight hours of sleep? And you're in resistance to what is, and you're fighting yourself, and you're making yourself more tired by thinking that you should have had different sleep or that you shouldn't be tired right now. In just the process of falling in love with what is right now, you will become the space for this thing, but you actually have to fall in love with it. Every problem is a calling for you to access more and more love inside of yourself to be a space for that problem to not be existent. And, and, but you can't fall in love with it so that it'll go away because that, you, that you're less than that problem. But eventually, you'll ask yourself this question that Michael Beckwith taught me, which is ask yourself, what is trying to emerge out of me in order to have this problem. Most people have the problem, and the victims think, why me? The, the, the achievers think, how can I fix this? But if you really ask yourself, how can I grow, or what am I supposed to become mm-hmm. that I've never been before, but it's clearly what I'm like a butterfly was always supposed to become a butterfly from the beginning. But if a caterpillar thinks that who it is as a caterpillar, it will do everything it can to fight and stay alive because it doesn't understand it'll turn into the butterfly. But right. if you get you're the butterfly from the beginning, then you won't be scared to lose your caterpillar You're supposed to be getting ready to fly. And so if you're identified with the thought, you're the caterpillar. If you're identified with your heart in the moment, you're the butterfly, and you're going to feel the collapse of the caterpillar, but that's okay. That's the process. You connect with this moment, and you become something much bigger. So in letting go of things, realize that when it comes to letting go of something, you're only scared to let go because you don't understand what's on the other side of that. And where you're choosing, for instance, if you're in a bad relationship and you want to get out of it, the only reason you're scared is you're focused on the loss of one person versus the gain of 7 billion people if you're bisexual and willing to date anybody. <laughs> so 
yourself you trust. Most people don't leap until they see what the next thing is. So they don't leave one relationship until they see the possible new relationship there. But that's not faith. That's not you connecting to your moment. That's not you trusting. That's you staying in the same alignment and finding someone to date that's at the same value that you perceive yourself to be when you were in the troubled relationship in the first place. So you have to let go so you can connect to yourself and get that you weren't that limitation of that relationship, that job, that anything. You're just this moment. And when you become just this moment, you start to connect only with people that know that they're just this moment. And those people are much more of a collaborative type person than a competitive type person. They want to work with you in all ways. They want to give to you. They don't want to bind you with love. They want to liberate you with love. This is the state that happens when you allow yourself to understand that that fear that you're in in your mind is a calling for you to allow yourself to fall in love with yourself, to let go of the things that don't feel in alignment with you because you're more than that. That feeling that it doesn't align with you is a calling, and it says there's, you're in resistance to yourself. You're in resistance to your calling, and you're arguing with the universe right now. So you can go with the universe, or you can go against it, or you can find out what you are on even a higher level, and all those things will just dissolve naturally, and you will understand why you were supposed to do it later. But until then, you need to prove to yourself that you trust this moment and that you're not this little scared thing surviving 24 hours a day just by staying on to things that don't align with you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Totally makes sense, and it resonates, and I got chills with that, so I'll validate everything. Awesome. Completely. Yeah, and it's funny because it it came through more and more. If you remember at the beginning of the call, I talked about clearing out the consumer mindset. Well, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the call, you're trying to make it good, and you're trying to say things the right way because earlier I'd been getting phone calls and on Facebook and stuff. Now I'm out of the way of myself, and I'm, I'm saying to you what my truth is, And this is what the Evolving Out Loud event is. It's me coaching myself, and it's me getting out of the way of myself. I am in no way a guru. I am a a student just as much as the audience is, and that's why it's a fun place of, of safety. And there's no method that I fall in love with because I don't say do it this way or meditate an hour a day or whatever. A lot of people, they fall in love with the method, but what you need to get is your transformation happened because you evolved, not because you ate raw vegan for 90 days. Right. <laughs> your, your transformation happened because you evolved, not because you let go of a relationship. People have a shift, and then they think it's the method, and then they become addicted to the method, and that's how religion gets started. I totally agree with you. And, you know, this is great advice. And and the thing is, is that if people once again get out of their heads, they get back in that heart space, listen to the power of the heart, and just allow themselves to be in that flow and not worry about what other people think. You know, that tends to be what really defeats us or we think defeats us because we do feel in times that we've got a label, good or bad. In reality, it's just our perception and thinking makes it so. So, Kyle, this has been an amazing, amazing hour. I have enjoyed every moment of it, and I would love to have you return again in the future as 
you have time are guided to. But listeners, please check out Kyle's website to learn more about him of what you did not hear during our conversation at this time, kylecease.com, and go visit him at one of his events, Evolving Out Loud. Visit his website to learn more about that. As he indicated, he's got a big one coming up um, in L.A. this summer. So that information, once it's available, will be posted on his website. Also, like his page on Facebook, Kyle Cease Page. Kyle, thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, and that was, that was a lot of fun. I, you're the best interviewer ever because you pretty much say hi, and then you just listen. <laughs> Is that good? Is that a good thing? <laughs> it's great. It's great. Like, you know, it, it was fun. You really, you really meant it that you give me free reign. I mean, of course, I you did. ask questions, but it was – I just noticed at one point I was like, "Wow, she is, she's letting me go," which is usually what I I want from radio interviewers, you know, because uh-huh. they'll be some, you know. But you really just gave me all that that free reign, so it was really yeah. No, I I think rigidity, uh, yeah, rigidity is no fun, and you know, I I know when to talk and when to listen, and I think that the more that we just you know, see what comes through because, in essence, by being our true selves and sharing what we're guided to share, um, it makes for great conversation. And this was a conscious conversation. And, you know, we're just present, listening, sharing, just as we began at the beginning when you said, you know, you're having a conversation with a friend at a restaurant. And even though we're not eating, you're where you are and I where I am, and I've actually already eaten. I'm not sure about you because we're two hours' time difference, but the point is, we didn't have to prepare. We're just in this moment, and whatever comes through, comes through. Yes, it's exactly right. It's it's really a matter of showing up and staying in the room. It's so mm-hmm. funny because while you were talking about this, someone wrote something, and then they tagged me in it because it's, it's fascinating. But it's, it says, genius is not blood, sweat, and tears. Flow is flow from source, inspired, and effortless. It can be a flash of insight, but of all things, it is not work. Perseverance to see inspiration through and manifest something new into the physical world, however, may be something else entirely, including with the advent of a light bulb. And, it, and it's talking about, it goes into this whole thing, but what you and I did, it's not hard labor. We showed yeah. up and we stayed in the room and we mm-hmm. allowed our to go through. Most mm-hmm. people have such a how-to mindset and they add too much effort. And that's why people that work all day from a how are exhausted because they're not being inspired as they do it. And it should be a letting go and a releasing as you create. When I'm done with I'm more rejuvenated than ever. And, and, but if I had structured my content and needed to make it good so I could sell something in particular, I'd be exhausted. Exactly. And, so, and when you really this way, we just show up and we get into yeah. this moment. And that's why I love your show is you, you really just show up and you're not 99% pre-written content that we're all stuck to. You're really allowing, and that's what's so important. And that, in the long run, will be the truth of how everything has to work. It has to. And, you know, the people, from my perception, that find that scary, because I will tell you, Kyle, I've had a lot of guests that could not handle, um, you know, they they want questions, they want this, and I'm like, can you just trust? I I assure you, I'm not going to make you uncomfortable. I assure you that um, I'm not going to ask any hard questions. Let's just have a conversation. And, and, you know, a handful of people, they they didn't even want it. They they either refused or they said, no, I've got to have some questions. And, you know, to me it's their own fear level of not being able to be present in the moment. 
Well, and you know what, too? There's a lot of seminars and, and talks where people practice their set over and over and over, and then they give the same talk. And who you become in that moment is not you. You are becoming your content. And you think who you are is your content. And you're a slave to your memory when you do that. And people, you know, don't understand that when you go on stage, you have authentic feelings, like I'm nervous or I don't know what to do. And if you just say that, it'll free you of that. And the audience can connect with you at your authenticity of being nervous. And most people think, well, you can't just say you're nervous on stage. Tell that to Woody Allen. You know, like you, you, what your feelings are is who you are authentically and your audience will connect to your realness. But if you say who you are is your content, you will have this giant memorized thing that you'll hide behind and it can never, ever, ever truly get the impact that your soul can get. No one ever goes to see Ellen DeGeneres' jokes. They go to see Ellen DeGeneres. Exactly. And, and that's what <laughs> good, you Good point. Become. Yeah. Good point. Yes. Well, Kyle, so, thank you uh, once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to have the last thank you or am I? Oh, you got it. Okay. Awesome. Well, listeners, this has been an amazing hour. Once again, I invite you to visit Kyle's website, kylecease.com, like his page on Facebook. And this concludes today's segment of the Shelley Wilson Show. Until next time, remember, this is your time. I encourage you to live an authentic life, be the best you can be, and love yourself in the process. Much love and many blessings to each of you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.